What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Inside. It ain't the left side or the right, right side. Good afternoon, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the FinFanatic.com website and the fan-sided network. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. We are about 55 hours away from the NFL draft. It is fast approaching. This is our final positional breakdown and one I've really been looking forward to because uh, many won't agree with me. Many Dolphins fans won't. But as far as 2022 needs, I think this is the biggest one. And I'll tell I'll, if you want some evidence of that, ponder this. Last season, ju- uh, four players. Jason McCourty, Justin Coleman, Noah Igbenogany, and Clayton Fedulum combined to play 778 snaps. And keep in mind, the Dolphins didn't have many injuries in the secondary. I think Byron Jones and Xavier Howard missed one game each. It was against the Jaguars. They both missed that game, and the Jaguars won the first game in 400 days with Trevor Lawrence throwing for over 300 yards. So, the Dolphins, as far as depth, Paul, they could be one injury away from Noah Igbenogany and Clayton Fedulum playing meaningful snaps on defense. Yeah, and this is this is a scenario where the Dolphins, you know, they have probably the best starting unit in football, and that includes when they go to, you know, five defensive back front or, or even a six defensive back front. When we're ta- when I say that, I'm talking about Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Nick Needham, Eric Rowe, Brandon Jones, and Javon Holland, even when they're all on the field at the same time. So that's over half your defense. So if anybody's nursing something, getting a break, any of those things, one of those guys you mentioned is going to be on the field or somebody else that's in that locker room. And again, it's Josh Boyer likes to run a defense that's not typical. And it, it it puts a value on rushers from unexpected places and coverage from unexpected places. And, and that's where you need to have speed as a defensive back. You need to have an IQ as a defensive back in this system. And if you don't have both of those things, you don't fit this system. Absolutely. And like you mentioned there, they've their top six guys are – about as good as anybody in football as far as a, as far as personnel on a team. Or better in some cases, Xavier Howard. <clears throat> yeah, I mean Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and Nick Needham at corner. And then safety, you've got 
uh, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, and Eric Rowe. I mean, I'd say Eric Rowe and Nick Needham could start for a lot of teams in the NFL. But after that, that's where it starts to get thin. And looking at this this class, I, I love the cornerback class really throughout. I mean, and I'll tell you what, if there were if the Dolphins still had their 15th overall pick with the same roster, I would be fighting Dolphins fans day and night about how cornerback should be the pick here at 15. Um, and I'd be looking at, you know, Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley Jr. likely to be gone. Um, well, definitely will be gone by the middle of the first round. But Andrew Booth, Kair Elam, uh, as well, as well as Trent McDuffie. Um, Did you come I, I mean, really the first rounder? Who? Trent McDuffie. Yeah, I, I I think he'll he might go in the first round. You're I wouldn't with it now, aren't you? I know I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him in the first. Um, let me tell you, and I wouldn't take him, and I wouldn't take uh, Roger McCreer either. Very simple reason: short arms and uh, under thirty inch arm length. Nope, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and speaking of arm length, Sauce Gardner arm length almost thirty four inches. This guy. Did not allow a touchdown in three years at Cincinnati. He's, you know, he's, I'd say, a, a touch more scheme dependent than Derek Stingley. Doesn't quite turn his hips and run as well as Stingley, but has a lot more production. And Stingley's really turning into one of the more interesting stories in this year's draft because his 2019 film is better than anybody's. I mean, kind of legendary cornerback play in 2019 but has only played 10 games the last two years. So it'll be fascinating to see who ends up going where uh, among those top two guys. It will. I mean, and, and the funny thing for me is as I looked at the, in, in particular, the cornerback class, um, it, it, I love the top end of the draft and there's guys in the bottom end of the middle grouping of the draft that I love. It's, and then, there's a bunch of guys in between them. It feels like. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And if I were doing, I don't do an overall big board because I think different players fit teams better mm-hmm. um, based on the scheme. But if I were doing it, Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley would both be in my top five for the entire draft. And Andrew Booth, I would also put in the top ten. And he's a guy out of Clemson here who's fallen off the map a little bit as far as the top prospects. He had a double hernia surgery earlier this month, so he hasn't been testing. But six foot, 196 pounds, and athletically checks all the boxes. Um, he would be one of my favorites if the Dolphins still had their 15th pick. Kair Elam didn't have a great season last year, but has all the physical traits. 6'2", 195 pounds, <laughs> runs below 4'4". Um, just didn't quite have this, the year that the other guys did. Trent McDuffie, like we talked about, look, I think he's he's one of the most aware cornerbacks in the entire draft. Doesn't really check all the boxes physically, but is a tough, feisty type cornerback. And a lot of people have said that have compared him to a slightly slower version of Jair Alexander, which I think is pretty appropriate. His teammate, Kyler Gordon, zone cornerback. I've had him mocked to the Bills because I think he'd be great in that defense, unfortunately. Um, 39 and a half inch vert. 10-8 broad, didn't run below 4-5, but um, somebody I think a zone team would, would be really happy. And then set the seventh cornerback here, and these are all cornerbacks that the Dolphins are not, we're getting these out of the way because they're not going to be there in consideration for 102. They're going to, they're firmly in the first two rounds. 
The seventh guy, Roger McCreary, a battle-tested, sticky cornerback. If he were a couple inches bigger with a little bit longer arms, he'd be a first-round lock. Yeah, it's, it's there's something you brought up that I want to point out for our listeners here. It, it's cornerbacks probably one of the biggest positions where everything is scheme-based. I mean, I know that's true of several positions, but more so than any other. It's a lot of these corners will specialize in either man or zone defense, and you can throw press man on top of that, et cetera. But if you're a zone team, you're probably avoiding Roger McCreary like the, like the plague. And if you're a man team, you're probably avoiding Kyler Gordon like the plague. Even if he's the best player by far on your board, he's not the best player for you. And, and that's where it gets a little funky at times with, with, with some of the cornerback rankings in particular above and beyond all else. That's very well said because, and then you've got the guys like Derek Stingley and sauce Gardner. That's why they're special. Cause they can, they have the attributes to specialize in both schemes. I'd put booth in that class too. Um, McDuffie would be, I think he can play in both schemes. I think he would be a lot better in zone. So that's kind of the breakdown with that. But Paul, when we get, when we look at picks, pick one Oh two, and we're going to get to the safeties in a little bit as well. And some of these may even overlap. I will, I will have on my dolphins, big board after we eliminate like 60 players who have no chance of being there, I will have at least seven defensive backs in my top 15. That's how much I think of the class and how much I think of the depth that's needed here on the dolphins roster. So my first guy that I'm, that I'm taking a look at there for one Oh two is uh, Tariq Woolen from UTSA. And there, the, when I look at him, I say, if there is even a 20% chance that this guy can overtake Byron Jones in 2023 or 2024, I'm taking that chance and I'm drafting him at 102. He's an interesting story. 6'4, 210, runs in the four twos. You heard that correctly, the four twos. He is a converted wide receiver. A couple of years ago, he was he dropped so many passes at wide receiver that in midseason, he switched him to cornerback. He dropped, I think, seven out of 31 passes as a receiver, which is ungodly. But he's really taken a liking to, to cornerback, and he doesn't tackle like a former receiver. He is a physical dude, obviously has some rough edges, but um, the upside is, is phenomenal. Um, so that's my first guy. And then secondly, Marcus Jones out of Houston completely on the other end of the spectrum, 5'8", 170 pounds, nine interceptions in his career and nine touchdowns on returns. So, I mean, this is somebody that if you want to put in there as your sixth, seventh defensive back competing with Noah Igbenogany, um, I think he overtakes that spot easily and is your kick returner and punt returner. So he's also very high on my list for 102. Two guys I've got both at 102 and and then – even possibly with our second pick, because they may still be on the board, uh, are the two hyphenated players. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis uh, out of Alabama and and Cam Taylor Britt. It, it's, they're both fun, athletic players. I know they don't check your boxes because they are a little bit smaller. They're speedy, they're sticky, and, and they're two guys that I think have a tremendous amount of upside. And I like the way you phrased that as far as it goes for Tariq Woolen, who I'm also high on, um, where if they can potentially overtake Byron Jones, you may be solving two issues with that. Now, overtaking Byron Jones does not preclude his ability to be on the team. 
you overtake Byron Jones, he may move over and take over that Eric Rowe role. So replacing Byron Jones may actually replace Eric Rowe because I think Byron would be able to slide to safety. And a couple of these guys, I think, have the capability to slide there as well if they can't overtake him. He could, but if we're talking 2023, 2024, and Jones is over 30, probably just cutting bait with him at that point. And Maybe. it's nothing, you Depends know, the contract it's, situation, the way they converted his salary. Yeah. I, you know, and if Jones were 25, 26, we'd be having a different conversation. He's going to be 30 this year. So that is, tends to be the cutoff point. And funny you say that about Cam Taylor, Britt and Jalen Armour Davis, because they were ne- the next two on my list. So you got some and, short guys on there. I love it. I, oh, I do have some short. I don't mind. I don't discriminate as much with height at cornerback when we're talking about a third round pick. You mm-hmm. know, if we're and Cam Taylor Britt is somebody that I think might even end up being a better safety because he's a he's a compact dude. He's a really good hitter. His hips, he he kind of struggles to turn and run him a slot receiver sometimes. I saw, but. Uh, he's an urgent, hard-hitting cornerback safety, one of the best tacklers in this draft. So, again, if if he's there at 102, I, he, he'd be very high on my list. Jalen Armour Davis is a little bit more of a project. Mm-hmm. I, I put him more in that might start for you in 2023 or 2024 type of category because, I mean, he only played four games at Alabama before this year, and then he got on the field – and he certainly checkmarked a lot of boxes there. Um, you know, six foot, 194 pounds, a little on the thin side, but really good out there in the boundary. So, it, no, I, I, I think he's somebody that when you get in the third or fourth round area, projects as a guy who can cover cornerbacks all, or can cover receivers all over the field. And because you mentioned that about measurables, Paul, I'll say too that the players I took off the board not interested, don't want to talk about them, or guys who ran slower than 4-5. If you are a 4-5-5, 4-6 guy, if you play to that speed, in my opinion, you can't play in this defense. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. It's, I mean, more so at corner than at safety, I think, even though you'd have to be a special talent at safety to to run slower than that for me. Um, But yeah, no, it's like Verone McKinley out out of uh, Oregon. It good player four six five, goodbye. His teammate Mikhail Wright, good player four five seven, out the door as well. Like and that's just two two examples right there. Just because you're fast to play, but if you're slow, eventually the competition's too fast for you. Darian Kendrick ran a four seven eight, the same time as his defensive tackle teammate Jordan Davis. So you're saying Jordan Davis can can play defensive back as well. I love it. Uh, I just want to see him get to the quarterback for once. Um, So, yeah, Paul, so given what you said there, yeah, you named a few players. They're they're out at cornerback. So uh, Darian Kendrick, Jermaine Waller from Virginia Tech runs 4-6-8 out. Martin Martin Emerson is a decent zone cornerback. I I think for a very zone-heavy team, he could be a decent second or third-round pick, more more third round though. Uh, Zion McCollum, crazy yes. workout numbers. Um, I mean, it, it like doesn't even make sense. Four, uh, six, two, 200, four, three, three in the 40, 39 and a half inch vert, 11, bro- 11 broad jump, six, four, eight, three cone drill, which is like 
not something as guy that's six two is supposed to do. I don't have him on here though as one of my top guys because I watched a few games I'm at Sam Houston State. I didn't see the guy take over. I didn't see him dominate at that college level. So he's really just a traits based projection. And I think he's got even further to go than, than a Tariq Woolen does. I think the big thing with him is he needs to get stronger. Um, there was a lot I saw where if he just is, a, if he's able to put on that little bit of bulk and strength without sacrificing his speed and athleticism, I think he's somebody that could come along very quickly. And I actually think, I like Tariq Woolen's upside. It might be higher than Zion McCollum's, but I actually think McCollum could hit his potential sooner uh, as far as that goes. So, you know, we're in a little yeah. different place on it, but again, he, we, I think we both agree that they're both developmental guys that could make an impact right away. I, the one thing I like with Tariq Woolen is I don't see the strength issues that I see with Zion, so he may be able to contribute on special teams a little better and easier and quicker than what Zion can do. Absolutely. And you never know if uh, Woolen doesn't, if he, if he's too big for cornerback, maybe he moves inside and, and plays some safety. I will say that if it doesn't work out with Woolen, whether it's with the Dolphins or anywhere else in the NFL, I am done with cornerbacks at this size because they're so darn big. Because, uh, you know, we were just, it was a weekly love fest with OB Melifonwu back about five years ago. And, he got in the NFL and he, he got hurt, but uh, several times. But even when he was on the field, he couldn't play. So he played well for Tampa this weekend in uh, the USFL. No, is is he there? Okay, he is. Okay, well, he belongs there. Um, he does. <laughs> but I've got to remind myself of that a little. I, I felt the same way about Obi back in 2016, and I know you did too. Um, Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati is, played opposite. Ahmad Gardner and Bryant was thrown at so often. He made so many plays. He was actually the Jim Thorpe winner for best defensive back in the country. So um, that was an interesting way that, that, that unfolded there. He's again, I, I think a good player, but his own guy doesn't quite have the twitch to turn and run and, and be all over the field. And as far as I'm concerned, um, three other guys I lumped in together too, as being off my board, Josh Job. Uh, or excuse me, Josh Joby from Alabama, Tariq Castro Fields from Penn State, and Isaac Taylor Stewart from USC. Three guys that fit the the size speed profile that the Dolphins want out of their defensive backs. I was just not impressed with them. I mean, I the the comments I made with them is is they don't play up to their size, and when the ball is in the air, they're lost. That's that's not good for three cornerbacks who have with this much experience. So they're off my list too. Cordell Flott from LSU and Joshua Williams from uh, Fayetteville ran in the four fives. I was very close to making an exception for them because they have a little bit more length and the dolphins actually brought in Joshua Williams for a visit. So he's somebody that could be on the radar concerns about covering receivers all over the field, but two guys that I, I, I do have after Woolen, Jones, Taylor Britt, and Armour Davis. One of my most underrated players in the entire draft and somebody the Dolphins did bring in for a visit, and that's uh, Jalen Watson from Washington State. Six foot two, 197 pounds. Uh, I think he's, he's physical. He's a good tackler. He tested out well athletically, ran in the four fours, 40-inch vertical, and 
he's moving up a little bit. I think people are going to be surprised at where he ends up going in the draft. I think he's viewed kind of as a, as a late round guy. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes in the third or fourth round, right in the Dolphins wheelhouse. And a Caleb Evans from Mizzou, he's been hurt a lot. He transferred from Tulsa. But when he's on the field, moves well for somebody who's 6'2", 200 pounds. One guy that I don't think we mentioned, I apologize if you did. Uh, I know we've both mentioned a bunch of names here, but Marcus Jones out of Houston. Yep. He's a fun watch. It's I would go so far as to say watching him with his measurables, with his ability, if he was 6'2", he'd be a first-rounder. Uh, yeah, and I, I'll get back to you in a second there on that poll. I, mean, I, I had him right below Woolen on my board here. We t- Nine interceptions in college and nine returns for touchdowns. Or, no, excuse me, and nine kick returns for touchdowns. By far the best returner in this draft. And to piggyback on what you said, Sam Munson from PFF mentioned this the other day. He said if Marcus Jones was three inches taller and 10 pounds heavier, he would be mentioned in the same conversation with Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley in this draft. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that, that's yeah. I, I didn't read that that comment out there, but it, I mean that's that's my takeaway watching him play. It, it's he's fast, he's twitchy, he's smart. Uh, right now, he's basically like a disciplined version of Terrell Buckley uh, instead of that undisciplined gambler version. And like you said, with the return aspect, it's there is a ton of value that he could bring to this team. And if Miami's going to go corner at 102, I want it to be somebody that affects the game right away for Miami. And that's where Marcus Jones may have the leg up there. And at the end of the day, Miami has shown that even if they don't fully match the measurables aspect, if a guy can ball out and play football, they absolutely will take a gamble. I mean, it's something historically with Miami and it's something in recent years with Miami, so long as they fit the speed profile. Exactly right. So him being 5'8", 170 may not be that big of a deal. And he's he plays bigger than that in every aspect of the game. So, yeah, Marcus Jones is going to be very high on my list, too. Paul, let's take a look at the safeties here. We know the top five guys all going to be gone. I mean, it's possible all five go in the first round. Uh, probably not, but comfortably in the first 50 to 60 picks, not getting a 102. Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Daxton Hill from Michigan, Lewis Seen from Georgia, who I love, uh, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, and Jalen Petrie from Baylor, who's not even a safety. He played 16 safety snaps at Baylor. He played slot cornerback the rest of the time, really in that Tyron Matthew uh, type, uh, type of role. So they're off the board, obviously. After that, who do you like here? Good Lord. This, this is a year where I'm not super high on, on a number of the low round safeties in this one. Um, I mean, Me too. it's, there's some guys that have some value like Nick cross out of Maryland. I mean, he only started 21 games in his career, but he's very fast. He he's gotta be a little bit better in run support, even though he's good in passing situations. But again, he's somebody that if they can get him disciplined and, and increase his range a little bit, as far as run support goes, could end up being a steal in the late rounds or or maybe JT Woods out of Baylor. Um, uh, it's it's somebody that, well, it, he comes up quickly, but he just struggles a little bit in coverage. So maybe in that Brandon Jones type of role where you're not being asked to cover as much in that cover zero look, 
as as you are to come up and make a play, uh, come up and cover the underneath, come up come up and support the run might be a role for somebody like JT. But again, it's it's you're basically picking your poison with specialists with this this safety class after the top handful. Mm-hmm. Right, JT Woods. My when I watched him, he reminded me a lot of Michael Thomas, the former Dolphin, where he's built really thin but he's an opportunistic type of playmaker. And, and I think he helps out on special teams. So after those top met with both of them, by the way, yes, they have. Yes, they have. They've met with, uh, uh, yeah, JT Woods. I knew for sure that they met with. And uh, so after the top five guys, Hamilton seen Daxton Hill, Brisker and Petrie, uh, where I ranked them for this defense, I've got five guys that I would be comfortable in the third or fourth round. Nick cross is number one. This is somebody who, Six foot, 215 pounds, doesn't turn 21 until September. Ran a 4-3-4. He can fly for his size. And it reminds me a lot of Darnell Savage, who also went to Maryland. I'm not trying to helmet scout here, but, you know, a lot of similarities there. And they played him. They had so much confidence in his ability to cover ground in Maryland. If you watch a broadcast of the Maryland game, you don't even see him anywhere in the picture. He's so far back because they have their confidence he can cover that much ground. I think if you move him down to the strong safety role and he's going to also cover a lot of ground and he can come up and hit too. really high on my list for one Oh two. I don't think he gets there, but we'll see Kirby Joseph from Illinois is number two for me after this, this top tier I'm higher on him than most. He didn't really put it together until this past year, but one thing that's needed at the strong safety spot is the ability, you, you have to be way better than Brandon Jones in coverage. You have to be, and you have to cover a lot of ground. Brandon Jones led all safeties in sacks last year, six and a half sacks. He's incredible down in the box and on the blitz, but he's probably better suited for a third safety role because he's not great in coverage. Cross and Joseph can actually cover receivers and guys in the slot um, that, that come at them. So Cross and Joseph are my top two. JT Woods is my third guy and tested out just like everybody else at Baylor, just very, very well. Four, three, six, 40, six, two, 200 pounds. And he's kind of lanky. I actually think he might be able to move to cornerback. So he's got some positional versatility there. And, and I think he can get on the field quickly as your sixth or seventh defensive back. Now, Brian cook is somebody I had circled early in the process as a guy I really like. I think I had him going in our Dolphins mock, either in the third or fourth round, and I love that pick. I've, I've soured on him just a little bit because I think he's too much like Brandon Jones, and he's not as springy in coverage as the other guys. And if the Dolphins are going to go safety here, I, I want it to be somebody who allows Jones to be that third safety, focus on blitzing, focus on being on the box more. And then fifth guy who's a cornerback right now, but I think is going to be a safety in the NFL is Alante Taylor from Tennessee has the size, has the awareness for your starter at Tennessee. The thing I don't like most about him is I think his change of direction, his ability to flip, flip his hips is not very good. So because of that, move him to safety. So he doesn't have to deal with that quite as much. So again, after the top five guys, I've got Nick cross, Kirby, Joseph, JT Woods, Brian cook, Alante Taylor. And then I'm struggling to find anybody else. One guy that I really wish was about an inch taller and 15 pounds heavier is Brad Hawkins out of Michigan. Um, he's somebody that 
based on the skill set I saw from him, I think would thrive moving into that tweener role uh, between, you know, more so in the box, almost like a Brandon Jones with, without as much coverage responsibility and, and really supporting the run, but covering the tight ends or the running backs out of the backfield. He's a little bit small for that role, but he's a very physical player, a very strong player that could bulk up a little bit. And, and even if he sacrifices the tiniest bit of speed, not a lot. Um, could be somebody that develops into a very interesting role player uh, down as we go along here. And again, the physicality, the quickness, and, and the intelligence that he shows on the field only help with that. I got to say, this is probably a first on this show. I have never heard of that of that player. Okay. Interesting. So he must be a late-round guy, but yeah, I mean, they're... Yeah, he's a six-round prospect, but he's somebody yeah. that, again, you're, he, he runs a 4-5-7, so he's not going to be down the field running with a Tyreek Hill type. You know, like, it just... That'd be the stupidest thing on the planet. Uh, that's a blown coverage and a half. But he's somebody that he's very physical at the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely got to check him out. Um, yeah, and uh, somebody in chat too mentioned. Uh, thanks, Chance. Uh, mentioned somebody who, if we get down into the later rounds, or if the Dolphins, you know, acquire a pick in the fifth or sixth, Marquis Spell from Florida A and M is somebody I've watched a lot of. He is. Fast, plays physical, plays with an attitude. I, I also said he is absolutely reckless at this point. Um, and I, I remember thinking, and it's not just because of the last name, but he reminded me a lot of Jeremiah Bell um, when he came out of college, that he always made a lot of plays. He played fast. He just had to be reeled in a lot. And I would rather take in a, a, a physical dude who runs in the four threes and has the size and needs to be reeled in than, than the opposite. Uh, same goes for Tyson Anderson out of Toledo. Um, he moves really well for somebody who's 6'2", 207, and much better at run support at this point, but definitely has the speed to, to be a special team or impact the passing game as well. But my only problem with him, doesn't make a lot of big plays. Last three years, no interceptions, and just one forced fumble. So, Paul... We've gone through a lot of names here. We're closing in on the draft. Uh, two guys that I don't like at safety are Veron McKinley, and I'm not a Bubba Bolden fan either. I've seen just too many misplays from him at Miami, um, even though he does have the size and 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 the. I mean, I don't think he plays to his forty time, which is four four seven. I think he plays a lot slower than that. So, um, yeah, I mean, a- anything else jump out at you? No, it's I, again. I, I don't think safety is a position Miami's going to look at early. Um, while we would all like for Clayton Fedulum to be unseated upon this roster, I don't think this is the year for that, unfortunately. Uh, but again, it, it's corner is probably a spot that they, that they take at least one, at least one or two guys, whether it's drafted or undrafted. Uh, and, and if you're looking at other players. I would urge you to use the speed measurables we talked about before because Miami's not in the business of going after slow players at this point. Right. And the evidence of that too, is you look at J the players they've brought in, you know, JT woods, um, Joshua Williams, 
and uh, Jalen Watson. I, I, I would encourage you to look at not just 40 time, but also three cone, because in man coverage, you have to be able to turn on a dime and, and cover players quickly. Um, and in the chat, before we, uh, we sign off here, Ignatius Cheese in the chat said, how about a do not draft episode? We are on Tuesday, 9 p.m. Central, going to go through the whole gamut here. We're going to have a one-round mock. We are going to have a Dolphins mock, which shouldn't take too long. We're also going to have our top 25 boards for picks 102. And we're also going to talk about a few players that we are higher on and lower on compared to the consensus. So we're going to go through the whole thing. Be sure to join us. And Thursday, the night of the draft here, we're going to join you about halfway through so that we have some good stuff to talk about. As you know, even though the Dolphins don't have a first round pick, we're going to be there for all of day two and then for bits and pieces of day three. So we are definitely only getting started here. That's going to do it for our breakdown of the defensive back class. I'm Brian Cat, NFL, Paul's Fanatic underscore pick. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan sided network and finfanatic.com. If it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.